Around the world, they drink this beverage in its many exotic forms. Half coffee and half hot milk. You go to the Word of God and find out who you are. Whether it's next year, 10 years, 20 years from now, you'll never be able to say that these brothers lied to you, Jack. Believe the scriptures. James Davis, not as the pastor, but as the individual, because there is a fine line legally that pastors cannot uh, endorse political candidates uh, okay. with, the, with the title pastor in front of it. But as James Davis, the man, I stand in support uh, of, of Donald All Trump. All right. So your your community, your flock will hear you say yes, this, right? So I understand correct. whatever the technical line may be. Sure. Why do you believe, though, that he is going to be good for the African-American community? I mean, we just heard some of the things that he said, and he did, of course, retweet that, that what many believe. Well, I, I think much of what's going on right now, I'll use even some of the uh, the words that the previous guests uh, in a segment that I just saw use, that is schoolyard chatter. We're in a very serious time here in this country um, where our community is on fire, basically, and no one is talking about sending a fire truck. Uh, basically, what's going on now is a bunch of rhetoric about uh, sound blurbs and, and uh, what the media is putting out with respect to painting a picture of Mr. Trump. We determined that it was necessary for us to come back. So you again don't think today. he's a racist? I don't okay. believe that. Uh, again, I believe that uh, his ego and his gravitas is so big that he doesn't have to pander to anyone. And I don't believe that I was being pandered to, or 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 as you know, some say that we are uh, his token, so to speak, in order mm -hmm. to go out and grab votes for him. That's not the case. All right, so Reverend, let me ask you, you were invited yes. to the meeting. You chose not to attend. You are here in New York today, but you did, chose not to attend. Yes. You just heard uh, Pastor Davis say he doesn't feel he was being pandered to. He doesn't yes. feel Donald Trump's a racist. Yeah, I think that he's a pawn. I think it's regrettable. I'm here as a preacher and as a black man to say that I vehemently oppose the candidacy of somebody who has been uh, outlandishly offensive to every minority group in the country, uh, from the Latino community, African Americans, women, physically challenged, and all the more, uh, Pastor James and Bishop Scott, who are the Bishop Scott, who was the chair of this meeting, come from Cleveland. For a year, the Cleveland community has been in outcry looking for justice for Tamir Rice. And Donald Trump hasn't spoken to any of that. Uh, we've not heard anything about mass incarceration, nothing about economic inequity, nothing about uh, militarization of police. Thank you for tuning in to Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures. I'm your host, Martinez. This is episode number 30. To download these podcasts, go to iTunes, SoundCloud, and Pod. Bing. We are also now on YouTube. That's right. Go to our YouTube page. Subscribe. Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures Media. That's Macchiato's Music and the Scriptures Media on YouTube. Also, to send me an email, please send it to mmsmedia314 at gmail.com. Now, what you just heard were two pastors. Um, this was pre-election of President Donald Trump. Obviously, what you heard was one pastor who voted for, who was endorsing Donald Trump. The other pastor was not endorsing Donald Trump. They both had their reasons as to why they made their decision. And uh, that's what we're going to talk about in today's episode, why pastors should not endorse presidents. It has nothing to do with Donald Trump per se, even though I don't care for him. But it has to do with <clears throat> making public 
endorsements of candidates. I believe that pastors, believers in general, not even necessarily a pastor, but pastors especially, should not be endorsing candidates. As you can hear them speak, one is saying, well, I believe that he's going to do X, Y, and Z. The other pastor is saying, well, he hadn't talked about this. He's not focused on the black community. He's not da 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 So they both had their reasons as to why, but they both are known pastors. They both are believers in Jesus Christ. What's the divide? If we're both serving the same God, why is there a division? How come they don't agree? That's exactly my point. It just stirs up division in the body of Christ. Now we're going to look at a scripture coming out of Romans chapter 13. Could you please turn that with me? If you're driving, don't, just don't even look. Just, just listen to me. When you go home and you part, you can check these scriptures out. Go with me to Romans chapter 13. Verse 1, it says, Let every soul be subject unto the higher powers, for there is no power but of God. The powers that be are ordained of God. Whosoever therefore resisteth the power resisteth the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation or punishment. So what the scripture is saying, well, first of all, I get into that. Understand that the United States of America is a democratic republic. Democratic republic means that the citizens of that nation vote. You vote on who you want in that office has nothing to do with God. God didn't say he was going to put them in office. It's a democratic republic. The people vote. Now, in the Bible days, they had kings. It was a monarchy. It was not a democratic republic. You didn't get a vote. God chose the king. Literally, he picked, handpicked. This is who I want. This is who's going to do this. This is who's going to do that. That's why you have the scripture where it says God sets up kings. He puts them up and he puts them down. That can still be applied to those who are in positions of authority today, even though they're not a king. So what you have to understand is, is that God does not pick presidents in the United States. The position of a president has been ordained by God because it's a position of authority. But the person who holds that office, God does not pick. Now, the pastors who have endorsed President Donald Trump said that God is back in the White House. Some have said God is back in the White House and that we are to respect, honor this man because God put him there. Now, the last administration, which was the Barack Obama administration, if God picked Donald Trump, then that means he picked President Barack Obama, who legalized same-sex marriage. Now, are you telling me that God is for same-sex marriage? Well, we know what the Bible says about that. We know that he's not for same-sex marriage. But what I'm trying to present to you is that if God picked one man, he picks everyone. Well, let's go prior to that. Let's go before President Barack Obama. Let's go to President George W. Bush. See, you're looking at people, not you, but people looking at parties, Republican Party, Democratic Party, all those different things. God has nothing to do with that. You can't and you can't bring them in there. Now, God does ordain the position. Yes, we are supposed to pray for those who are in positions of authority. 
but it is also okay to rebuke them. It is okay. Especially if you endorse them publicly. I think that's what my issue is. I believe that as believers and or pastors, if you're going to pray or lay hands on the two presidential candidates, then you need to lay hands on both of them. I mean, if you're going to lay hands on one candidate, you need to lay hands on both candidates. So that means that all those group of preachers who met with President Donald Trump, they need to go and meet the same group. They need to go meet or should have met went with uh, presidential-elect Hillary Clinton. If they would have did that, we wouldn't even be having this episode. I have no issue with that because if we're supposed to pray for those in positions of authority anyway, then you need to go meet with both of them. But they don't because it's a part of a party and that just causes more divide in the body of Christ. You already have hundreds and hundreds of denominations. Now when you ask people, are you saved? Are you a believer in in Christ? Now you got to ask, what kind of believer are you? Well, I'm a believer who's democratic, uh, uh, right wing, and uh, I'm a full gospel, uh, Pentecostal. What? Like you got all these titles that once you get to heaven, God's not going to ask you about. So we we got some things to examine. And the Bible just said, we just read in Romans chapter 13 about uh, that every soul be subject unto the higher power. Now you have to understand this. The person, the uh, position has been ordained by God because that person's in a position of authority. It doesn't, they can tell you to do something. They can legalize something. But if what they legalize or what they tell you goes against what the Bible says, what the word of God stands for, you do not have to obey that. Remember, God is first. God is, I mean, we're hoping the fact that the person that's in that position will do a godly thing, will speak in a godly manner, would, you know, legalize things and so forth and so on. So, um, well, I'm just saying, you have no business looking to a president to meet your needs anyway. But because we live in America and we have a presidential candidate, certainly we want them to do, to look and help, you know, those who are in need. You know, now back in 2008, um, I was working for a local Christian radio station and I began to learn terms or hear of terms such as religious left, the religious right, uh, right wing, left wing, Tea Party, all that type of stuff. And that's because I was monitoring a, um, a political show or a Christian talk show and they were kind of discussing that. This was during uh, the uh, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama administration. And I really didn't understand much of it. I was just kind of hearing it. I'm like, oh, okay, this is the first time I was hearing these terms. But this particular show, they did not like President Barack Obama at all. And I, you know, I was just thinking, like, what? Everybody got their own opinion. I think, I think, I believe the African American community is excited because it's a black man and they're letting a the black man in the White House, whatever. You know what I'm saying? So, but I definitely respect every president that we had. Now, this current administration. It, it, it kind of make it hard to respect them. You know what I'm saying? I have, and we'll continue to pray for them and rebuke. Now, people say, now, where are you getting this rebuke from? I'm glad you asked. Proverbs 27, verse 5, it says, Open rebuke is better than hidden love. So, 
if open rebuke, rebuke means to express sharp disapproval or criticism of someone because of their behavior or actions, that is the definition of rebuke. If that's better than you saying behind in the booth in the corner in the dark that you love the person, then if you are a pastor or believer and you've publicly endorsed him, why aren't you rebuking him? And my Chris Rock impersonation. <laughs> that was the best I could do. But why, why aren't you rebuking him? Rebuking who? I'm talking about President Donald Trump. I'm even talking about President Barack Obama. I'm talking about President George W. Bush. I'm talking about President Bill Clinton. And I'm talking about uh, President George Bush and whoever was before Bush, because I can't remember. So uh, that's my issue. My issue is not the person, because the people voted the person in there because obviously the people wanted them in there because they felt they're gonna meet their needs. This current administration is very different than probably any other administration because he's a celebrity, number one. He's a billionaire, he's a celebrity. You've heard the term, I call him my celebrity in chief. He's not, in my opinion, he doesn't really have any integrity. He's not professional. He's uh, kinda weird. And this is just an observation, right? No judgment, I'm just, I'm just observation. But the issue is, is that I believe he incites racism. I believe that um, there are a light of white supremacists who have voted for him. And when the thing went on in Charlottesville with the white men, the tiki torches and, and the, and the neo-Nazis, he said there were fine people on both sides. NFL player kneels for the flag. He called them a derogatory name, insulting name, offensive name. I don't understand, but you are right. The Bible does say pray for him. And I'm going to rebuke which is what the pastors and, and all believers who endorsed him need to do if you endorsed him publicly. Now, if you didn't endorse him publicly, if you were just kind of quiet about it, then that's fine. But my thing is, is for those who endorsed him publicly, I need you to get on TV and start rebuking. But you're probably not rebuking because you know what? You might agree with them. And that's an even bigger issue. Let's go to another scripture. Let's go to 1 John chapter 3. Let's look at verse 14. It says, if we love our brothers and sisters who are believers, it proves that we have passed from death to life. But a person who has no love is still dead. Anyone who hates another brother or sister is really a murderer at heart and you know that murderers don't have eternal life within them we know what real love is because Jesus gave up his life for us so we also ought to give up our lives for our brothers and sisters if someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion how can God's love be in that person I think one of the key things for a president is that you need to be, you need to have compassion. When natural disasters go on, which they're going to happen because in Matthew chapter 24 and other places, the Bible prophesies it. The Bible tells us it's going to happen, that these things have to occur before the coming of the Lord. So if that is the case, when things happen, such as the latest one that happened in Puerto Rico and Mexico, where's the compassion? And if you have no compassion, where are your spiritual advisors? to rebuke you on that issue. And if he has spiritual advisors and he's not listening to them, then you're not his spiritual advisor. You're supposed to be advising, but if the person you're advising is not taking your advice, you need to fall back. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me.
side A. Please flip to side B. Because if he's not listening to you, he's sure enough not listening to his vice president, his secretary of state, and everyone else that may be, probably his wife too. So, and this is not a bad Donald Trump episode. My point is, is that you should not be endorsing candidates. God wants us to have compassion and love for each other. If you're living well, Bible says you see someone in need, if it's in your best interest to do, take care of that individual or individuals or nation, even if you can. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 1. It's all right. You you need a good rebuke every now and then. I've been rebuked before. Everybody shouldn't like me. You correct you. But if no one is, is rebuking this gentleman, then we have a problem. We already have a problem, but we'll be having even more problems because no one wants to address his behavior, i.e. his spiritual advisors. I'm not going to call no names, but they know who they are. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. It says, I appeal to you, dear brothers and sisters, by the authority of our Lord Jesus Christ, to live in harmony with each other. Let there be no divisions in the church. Rather, be of one mind, united in thought and purpose. How can we be of one mind as the Lord commands us to when we are divided up in political parties? Got somebody over there, got somebody over there, you got somebody over there, but then you expect them when we come together Sunday morning, when we come together and congregate, then we're supposed to be single-minded. It's not going to happen because politics affects your soul. Your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. So yeah, your spirit may be born again. You may be cool on the spirit side, but your soul is being infected with things of the world. Let's keep reading. Verse 11. For some members of Chloe's house have taught me about your quarrels. My dear brothers and sisters, some of you are saying I am a follower of Paul. Others are saying I follow Apollos or I follow Peter or I follow only Christ. Has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? Were any of you baptized in the name of Paul? Of course not. I thank God that I did not baptize any of you except Crispus and Gaius, for now no one can say they were baptized in my name. What is the Apostle Paul saying? Even back then in the church, people had their favorite preachers. Hey, I, nah, I don't want, I don't want him. I, uh-uh. I don't want Deacon Jones to pray for me. I want Deacon Williams to pray for me. Well, what's the difference? And I heard this story. Well, Deacon Jones, well, Deacon Williams got strong prayer. And as this one preacher told me, Deacon, Deacon Jones didn't pray strong. He just prayed loud. Or Deacon Williams, you know what I'm trying to say. And the other deacon, he prayed quiet. He equated loudness with power. There's a divide there. 
And this is not the Apostle Paul speaking of right at that moment. I'm talking about a, a real life story that I, I heard a, past, a pastor mention. But what the Apostle Paul is saying, he says, has Christ been divided into factions? Was I, Paul, crucified for you? And he's talking about the division. Everybody had their favorite preachers. He said, I'm a follower of Paul. I'm a follower of Apollos and all that. He, it's a rebuke. He's rebuking. No, that's wrong. No, you follow Christ. You're not baptized in my name. I can't get you into heaven. Jesus, look unto Jesus for which cometh your help. See what I'm saying? So we had division even back then, and that wasn't even political. We, now we got so many things we can be, be divided about. But I believe that if you are a pastor, and if members in your, and you're especially a pastor of a uh, very diverse congregation, if a particular sect of your members are being attacked or feel oppressed, i.e. the black community, i.e. the Latina community, any minority group, any minority group of your church, you need to address them. You need to show compassion for them. You need to take the interest of others. Let's go to that. Philippians chapter two, verse four. It reads, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. So even if you're not a pastor, I know I'm just mentioning pastors, but this is believers, period. If you have another brother or sister, and if there's a part of the body of Christ who's of, a other, who's of another ethnic group than you, and they are being troubled, then you ought to be troubled because that's your brother, that's your sister. That's how I know that there is still a racial divide in America, and I'm sure in other parts of the world. But there can't be a racial divide in America within the church. There shouldn't be. Because you ought to be Jesus over patriotism. Jesus and patriotism are not one and the same. I'm sorry, but Jesus is not from America. He doesn't even speak of America in this Bible. Now, you might have to go holler at the Mormons, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, and that false teacher. But, uh-uh. So we have to chill on all this being over patriotic stuff when it comes to people being hurt. I enjoy my country. I enjoy the freedoms that I have in this country because I could have possibly been born somewhere else. So I thank God for the freedom that I have in this country. But it's God over country, not God and country. For me, at least, I'll speak for myself. Because if the country is mistreating my brother or my sister when it's supposed to be land of the free, home of the brave, if there are still some that's not free, then that couldn't possibly be true. Even if you say they are, if they're for some reason telling you that no, I'm not free because this continues to happen to me, this continues to happen to my community, I think you need to take heed to it. Other believers need to take heed to it, the pastors need to take heed to it, and the current president and presidents before should have and need to take heed to it. So don't look to a man to meet your needs. But all I'm saying and all I've been saying in this episode is simply this. If you're going what you should do next time the presidential election comes around, when you meet with one, you meet with the other. The same group. I'm not talking about different groups. Like there's still division. I'm talking about there's 100 black pastors and 100 white and 100 Asian pastors or whoever. That's those same 100. Y'all go meet with the other person, too. Then we good. There's no divide there because everybody's on one accord. And whoever gets whoever they elect, okay, now we know we need to pray for and so forth. Now, that means also that you're not going to be back in every single action that they do. Because they do something that's ungodly or something that's wrong, you're not for that. Because you know why? Because you're not you weren't you weren't for a party anyway. We just want things done right. That's it. And you have to take you have to take interest in the in the interest of others. 
not just yourself. It's not just so I can get a big tax break or uh, nah, they don't need no, uh-uh, nah, they gotta make money on their own. Forget them. They don't need no no extra money or no government assistance. Nah, I mean, if people need government assistance, then they need government assistance. You need help if you need help. Everybody needs help every now and then. Not necessarily saying it has come from the government, but I'm just saying everybody needs help every now and then. So, everybody has different needs. Everybody should view, everybody has different views, so to speak. I care about spiritual views, but I also care about um, economic and, and social views as well. Because it's one thing to say God hates abortion, so you can't, but you can't be more concerned, which God does hate abortion, but you can't be concerned with the life within the womb, but then could care less about the life outside of the womb. Both of them are important, so you can't mistreat the one outside the womb. Now, before now, you're trying to kill 5,000 babies. Yeah, that's wrong. But then what about the 5,000 black men that may possibly be getting killed too? So there's still, there's an injustice on, on, on both parts. Both are wrong, right? Oh, you may not see it that way, but God sees it that way. That's why you shouldn't endorse a presidential candidate ever, ever, ever publicly. Because what you do within the confines of your own home, that's between you and the Lord. You made your decision for who you voted for, for whatever reason. If you choose not to vote, that's your decision. I can't say God's going to judge you because you didn't vote, because this is America. You don't, it's, it's free will, it's just, it's Jay. And we're going to go patriotism, it's freedom of speech. You got rights, different things that you can choose to and choose not to. I personally believe that you don't have to pick between lesser evils. If the Bible says, stay from the very appearance of evil, surely he don't want you picking a lesser evil. And I'll just leave it right there. But you pray you can do how you want, when you want. All I would want to do and all I would encourage people to do it's like I would encourage myself to do is every all of us need to be led by the Spirit of God. We all need to be led by our by the inside, not the outside, not what it looks like, not what it feels like. And also we need to take interest and take take interest in the interests of others, not just our own. We need to sympathize and have compassion with other groups of people, not just our own. If we do that, We'll be good. And I'm going to leave you with this scripture. Turn to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians 4 verse 11. It says, Now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. You know what that means, don't you? Every wind of new teaching. All the I'm conscious, I'm woke, I'm this, I'm that. Jesus is white. We're not serving Jesus no more. Who we serving? We so we gonna serve ourselves. Alright, we ain't doing it no more. Now what we doing? Our world, uh we ain't gonna believe nothing right now. We're gonna do our own thing. See, everyone a new teacher. Every Facebook meme, every whatever's popping, whatever's trending. No, at least not for the church. Now, the world's different. 
They can do what they want. But if you name the name of Jesus and you follow after the Lord and you want to do what's right, he's telling you that we need to stop being immature like children. And he said that and he said the apostle, the pastor, the prophet, the evangelist and the teacher, those fivefold ministries within the body of Christ, they're going to help with that. They're going to help us not be immature. All those ministries are going to be in conjunction and be working within the body of Christ till we all mature. Now, I'm a teacher. God called me and placed me as a teacher. So I have to be taught. I'm still learning. I'm still growing spiritually, naturally, everything. Still coming to understanding this stuff, like this political stuff. Once I start to see it, I'm just like, yo, this just doesn't make any sense. Don't make natural sense. Don't make spiritual sense. Like, why are you doing this? We just look silly. Definitely not going to go on CNN and tell them who I endorsed. For what? Anywho, let me let me calm down. Listen, enjoy this podcast. Just please send it and share it to all your family and friends. Please make sure that you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and leave a review. If this show has blessed you, leave a review and rate it. Five stars, four stars, three, two, one, whatever you feel it needs to get rated for me. So, um, you can also check them out on SoundCloud. Podbean and also YouTube. Subscribe to my YouTube page and spread the word of God. We got all these different type of shows going on, but, we, but I wanted to create a show that was both relevant and biblical, and we can enjoy some good music at the same time. All right. Also, you can follow me on all social media at mbills314. Remember the book of Romans, chapter 3, verse 4, latter, latter part of that verse. Let God be true and every man be a liar. Until next time, I'm out.